Welcome to the Game of Crowdfunding Interview Edition, recorded Saturday, January 11th, 2014. And today we are going to be talking with JT from the Game Crafter. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Now, like we were talking about just before we started, you're not unfamiliar to our audience from the main podcast. That's true. We actually uh, had you on quite a while ago to talk about the Game Crafter services. Yep, yep. That was that was quite a while ago, wasn't it? It was a year, a little over a year ago. Yeah, it was that. And then I did a brief conversation with you for the uh, Proto Spiel. Oh, yes. Yeah. Last, was that March? I think it yeah, was. Yeah. So that's coming up again. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm on call that week. I, I just saw the uh, dates and I'm like, ah, I can't make it. That's too bad. Yeah. You will be missed. <laughs> yeah. With every shot so far. <laughs> but the reason JT is here with us today, of course, and on the game of crowdfunding is because the Game Crafter is kind of hosting a Kickstarter that's going to start January 15th. So, what do you mean kind of hosting? Well, okay. <laughs> hosting. <laughs> uh, I, di- I didn't know the proper real, the real proper term for it. Well, it is. You it are is hosting it. You, you are. Yeah, it is experimental and so, you are running it. Oh yeah. We're it, absolutely it, it, running. It's under the game crafter uh, logo. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, this is an experiment and uh, an experiment across the board, not only for you guys, but this is something that you don't see a lot of. Right. I've seen a couple one, two, or I mean a, a couple like maybe two game bundle-y type things, but this is this is definitely different. So what's the idea behind this project? Well, the idea here is that we wanted to do a bundle. We wanted to, well, let me back up. For the last year, ever since we did our Indiegogo project for crowdfunding uh, shrink wrap, people have been asking us, when are you going to do the next crowdfunding project? And a lot of them are you know, asking because they want to get some specific feature added to the game crafter that they need for their game. So they've been wanting us to do that sort of a crowdfunding project. But we wanted to try something a little different. We wanted to, you know, if we're going to put the kind of effort behind it that it takes to to run one of these things, we wanted to be a little more bold than we were last time. So we we decided we were going to do a crowdfunding a game. So then you know, out of the thousands of games that are in our shop, how do we pick a game to back? Uh, you know, how do we become a publisher? Because that's not something we're traditionally doing. We're a sales channel, we're a manufacturer, but we're not a publisher. So this puts us into the realm of being a publisher. And picking just one game is tough. So what we decided was we were going to do a bundle because we hadn't really seen a lot of bundles on Kickstarter. And if you're getting into something like this, you don't know necessarily the game designers, so you want to mitigate your risk a little bit. So if we can, when I'm saying you, I mean the backer. Mm-hmm. So uh, by putting together a bundle where they can get a bunch of games at a low price, even if they decide they don't like one, I like all eight of them, but if they decide they don't like one of them, it isn't as big of a deal because they didn't pay a lot of money and they got multiple games. So that point of view is mitigating some risk for the backers. Also, we're giving massive exposure to eight different designers rather than just one. So it gets the community involved a little bit more. And all eight of these games kind of fit a theme that they're micro games. They are very small games that fit in a tuck box and they play in about 20 minutes. So they're, they're great little games to fill in the gaps between other games. So anyway, that was kind of the, the idea. 
Yeah, and I've kind of got a uh, soft spot for this campaign as well because, like you said, they're the micro games, and it just happens to be pretty much all of these, right, were entered into the micro game design contest that we co-sponsored together with Father Geek. Yeah, all but one. The one game that wasn't in that contest is Trade Fleet by Ice Pack Games. But yes, the rest of them are all, we're all in that contest. And, you know, you guys put together this amazing contest. We thought we should put some effort behind promoting those games. I haven't had a chance to play all of the games, but I've played a majority of the ones that are in this pack. And uh, there's not a bad game in the bunch no. as far as I'm concerned. And hopefully here over the next week or so, I can uh, get some extra thoughts out there, uh, especially the ones that were part of the finalists. And uh, uh, the games I do own, hopefully we'll be able to get some preview videos out for. But like the one you said that wasn't part of it, Trade Fleet, uh, Trade Fleet, I've, I've played. I've played an older version of it. I'm, I know it's been tightened up quite a bit from Ice Pack, and mm-hmm. uh, they've talked about maybe having me take a look at the latest version. But we've actually reviewed that on All Us Geeks, and it went over really well, and that was quite a while ago. So I know it's been tightened up quite a bit since then. So, yeah, I, as far as I'm concerned and looking at the games involved and knowing the majority of them, I don't see a bad game in the bunch. So this is this is a really uh, really cool concept. So you're kind of going with a flagship game. Uh, I mean, there's there's bundle options, but it's being flagshipped by one game. You want to yeah. talk about that game a little bit? Yep. The flagship game is Village in a Box, and and this is actually part of the experiment. You know, as we started talking about doing a bundle, we we talked about doing you know kind of a mix and match, choose your own bundle kind of thing. Or do we go with a star game? That's what we're calling the flagship game, Village in a Box. And we decided that going with the star game was the way to go because it's less confusing when you're you know, talking about it from a marketing perspective. This is the Village in a Box Kickstarter. And also because we feel that Village in the Box is the best game in the list. And by choosing one game as the star game, it automatically gives us direction on where to go with our stretch goals. So we chose Village in a Box. Basically what it is is a a 10 to 15 minute game where you design a village and try to get the most points. You basically design the best village for your miserable subjects. You as a uh, as a noble of <laughs> lesser worth try to build your your best village for your subjects or if you don't get enough points in your village then your subjects will simply go for the noble across the street. You start out with a very simple technology tree. So you're building from basic resources like woods or hills. And then you go up to something, you know, a little bit more advanced. Maybe you'll put, so you have a field, then you put a farm on that field, then you build a granary on the farm. Then you take the granary and you build a market on top of that so that you can sell your grain. And basically you're just building up a tech tree like that. That in a nutshell is what Village in a Box is all about. And like I said, all of these games are stellar games, but I felt like Village in a Box was absolutely the best out of all of them. I've known you for quite a while, and uh, not not only you know you personally, but the Game Crafter itself, and, mm-hmm. and all of the wonderful services that you guys provide. Thanks. And I am constantly amazed at the amount of output you guys do for not only here's new things that you can buy, but uh, some of the things that a lot of people probably take for granted, like the behind the scenes stuff that, that you work on JT <laughs> to make uh, the game crafter run as smoothly as it does. Thanks. 
And one of those things, though, especially I, I believe it's pretty much just been kind of in this last year, is that you're kind of more involved in the behind the scenes portion of some crowdfunding fulfillment. Oh, yeah. We've been, you're absolutely right. It's been uh, since August that we kind of started helping people out with this. And basically, we've got a few different services that we put together to try and help people do crowdfunding. The first is that we have a bulk pricing. So if you buy, you know, a hundred copies or 200 copies or 300 copies, you get a cheaper price for the production. And, you know, most of the traditional print runs are going to go for a thousand copies. So if your game isn't one that will sell a thousand copies on Kickstarter, then you weren't able to previously kickstart it unless you're willing to take a loss. So we fill that niche very, very nicely in that it allows people to get those niche games out into the market. The second thing that we do is bulk order fulfillment. So basically, you can get your discount that we just talked about and still have all of the games shipped out to your backers individually. So basically, you just upload a list of addresses to our website and we produce all, you know, let's say 300 games and ship them out to 300 individual addresses. So, you know, in that way, it basically takes the burden off of a game designer. They don't have to spend the next month in their basement assembling games and mailing them out one at a time. And then third, the last piece is that we started doing promotion of these campaigns. So if you're choosing to manufacture your game through us, we will promote your game, your project through our social media channels, our blog, that sort of thing. And you guys have run the gamut since starting this from people utilizing you for uh, stretch goal rewards all the way to 100% fulfillment. And uh, so far, I mean, you guys you guys have got a great track record and a lot of people are, are seem to be enjoying the service that you started, again, you started providing as of August. Yeah, we've already, I think, I don't even know how many we've fulfilled. I know there's been about 25 that we've done the promotion for. And we're running at a, a little over 60% success rate with our promotion, which is tremendous compared to, you know, the number of projects, the number of tabletop game projects on Kickstarter is less than 25% that actually complete successfully. So our ratio of success is pretty good there. Uh, and the fact that we don't, you know, we're not, we're obviously in it to make a profit, but we're not in it to gouge anybody. So we're out there trying to help people fill their dream, right? Mm -hmm. Which is basically what Kickstarter is all about. So it's a natural fit for us to help people achieve their goals just the same way that Kickstarter does. We just fulfill a different aspect of the same process. You guys have some background in the fact that you did an Indiegogo campaign for the Game Crafter itself and services you were providing. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you've got some crowdfunding experience there. And now you've been doing the fulfillment side of things and offering Kickstarter services in the background. Is this project one more step is this experiment one more step in a, in a level of service that you're hoping the game crafter can provide and and by that i mean are you potentially looking to be a, a kickstarter publisher or a publisher i guess in general yeah well you know that's that's certainly one of the things that could come out of this uh, you know if if people want us to do this sort of thing and this this campaign goes well we may indeed run two or three of these a year doing a kind of bundling operation and and getting more games published uh, than normally would get published. That may be one of the things that we do. We are 
the reason that we're doing this and the reason we're calling it an experiment is because it's obviously it's an experiment from a bundling point of view. It's an experiment for us to see whether or not crowdfunding should even be part of our overall strategy. Do our users and the gaming community at large want us to be doing crowdfunding projects and doing, you know, to either publish games or to enhance our services. So we're always testing the waters to see what do people want from us. And through this, the other thing that we're learning and the thing that we really want out of this is by doing a Kickstarter campaign ourselves, we can learn more about how that experience works for our customers so that the services that we provide that are auxiliary to Kickstarter campaigns can be better so that we know how this process worked. Here's what we needed to do for marketing. Here's what we needed to do for fulfillment. Here's what we needed to do for collecting data from our customers at the end of a campaign so that we can provide better services to those that use us for for their campaigns. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, you, you get to go through and it is a different animal from Indiegogo as well. Um, oh yeah, the, the Kickstarter side of things. So you get to go through that process and and yeah, have that that knowledge, which is again helpful to just enhance those services you're already providing. Yeah, right. I, I, I like that, but I also know, and part of my wondering and, and kind of going down that questioning lane is one. I know you're no stranger to starting new businesses or or new ventures. <laughs> you know, you, are you calling me out on my idiocy? No, I. Uh, you know, before we started recording, you were kind of not calling me out, but but we were discussing the amount of time I put into just the audio side of things. But you know, you're no stranger either. You put in a, a your fair amount of time on various projects, not just the Game Crafter, but I know you've got multiple businesses anyway uh, that you put time into. Yeah, you're calling me out on my insanity now. <laughs> well, it, knowing that part of you and knowing the fact that you are a game designer and, you know, I'll say it, a damn good game designer because I've got a lot of your games and I enjoy every single one of them I, I own. Well, thank uh, you. So I and you're, no, you're the one guy then. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> In fact, I own multiple copies of a couple of them. That's true. That's true. <laughs> What what am I up to? Like three or four on Merc now? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just keep sending you new editions, you know, because you're my one fan. So and also knowing, like, I, I've sat in with you. Like we talked about we we had the re- interview minor interview from Protospiel where mm-hmm. we were there together, and you and I hung out pretty much that entire weekend and played the same games and stuff. And oh and yeah, sat, and, it was and, a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, and gave the same feedback and all that stuff. And I got to sit in on. The name has changed now, <laughs> but one of my favorite games of the entire experience was at the time it was Bridge Command. It's now going to be called The Captain is Dead, right? Right. Yep. And that was a game that you were looking at, you, you were assisting with, and now you've kind of taken on and, and doing most of the tweaks yourself or in-house. Right. So I'm just following this progression here that you're really not that far off from being, being able to be a publisher. <laughs> right. No, I, we are. Uh, I, that's very true. So the first game I ever purchased from someone else rather than developing myself was The Captain is Dead, which which was originally Bridge Command. And it was just because I loved the game so much, but the game designer who was working on it just didn't have the time or money to commit a- anything to it. I just felt like it just needed those last few tweaks, but he didn't have the money for the artwork or you know any of that stuff. So I decided to make an offer to him and I bought it from him so that I could take it to market for him. 
it wasn't that I wanted to become a publisher. It was simply that I, I loved this game that I found on the Game Crafter so much that I decided it needed to be out in the hands of other people. And then I took it to several events like Protospiel, where you and I played it, and everybody agreed it was it was a, an amazing experience. So that kind of you know got me the bug of of publishing other people's games. But it wasn't it wasn't that I wanted to become a publisher. It was just that I believed in this product so much that I decided I would put my own money behind it. At its essence, though, that that is what a lot of especially smaller indie publishers really are at this point. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you look at you look at like Happy Mitten Games, who just recently started, right? And, and well, I mean, they've they've been kind of they formed a company for a while. They they're doing their own podcast, and they've been looking at games forever. And they took their time and finally signed Matt Warden's game. Uh, which is an awesome game. I can't wait for them to do something with that. Matt Warden's amazing game designer. Yeah, he is. He's just he's an amazing person, but an amazing yeah. designer as well. But they thoroughly took their time to find the game that they enjoyed playing, that fit with them, that connected with them. So I mean, you know what you're saying, and especially on an indie publisher level, that's that's what's happening. <laughs> sure, you're, you're and, connecting and I, I, with the game, and 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 you just it calls right. to you, and you're like. This needs to be in the world. And I, right. and I and I will also say I completely agree with you. The game needs to be in the world. I have been waiting since Protospiel, since we did all the feedback stuff, since you've made a bunch of changes to see this game in some form or fashion, and you're killing me, JT. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let me address that quickly. Uh, the, the captain is coming. Well, he'll be dead by the time he arrives, but the captain is coming. The game, the captain is dead will be on Kickstarter sometime this year. I just want to get everything perfect. And at the same time, I'm also building a video game version of The Captain is Dead. And I want that to be at least at alpha state by the time we go to Kickstarter so we can talk about both at the same time. So that's what's holding it back at this point is that the video game version isn't to alpha state yet. Mm -hmm. But going back to your other point, <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. It is exactly how indie game publishers get started. But the methodology and reasoning behind the captain is very different than the methodology and reasoning behind the the, the bundle that we're doing with Village in a Box. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. Yeah, so that's that was what I was going at. It's just we really feel like in order to serve our customers better, we have to understand the world in which they live. And these days, tabletop gaming lives on Kickstarter. So in order to serve our customers better, we have to live there too. And so we're going to gain valuable experience from this. It might branch out into other things too, it, meaning we might you know, start becoming more of a publisher role. It might also mean that we bring more services to help uh, our customers do their own uh, crowdfunding campaigns. It might mean that we start doing a blog series or something like that to give people advice on how to run a better campaign who knows what comes out of this mm -hmm. other than village in a box is a great game that again i felt like this game should be in the world i had that same feeling when i played it that i had for the captain and that's where you know we started spitballing the idea and of doing this bundle because village in a box while it's a great game is still only a 20 minute game and you know if we're going to spend the effort publish or you know going through this process we felt like we should push more than just one micro game at a time. Let's explore uh, this for a second, if you will. Mm -hmm. We've already we we've said you've had some experience over in Indiegogo, and and now you're getting ready for Kickstarter. What is completely different for you that you weren't ready for 
because of Kickstarter, because of doing it on Kickstarter versus Indiegogo. Is there anything? Well, it was very, very similar, although the Kickstarter process is far more rigid and stringent, which might be a good thing. In the end, I don't know. Uh, you know, We're only just getting started with this now, but it also is kind of a bad thing. There were some deals that we wanted to include in our bundle that Kickstarter asked us to remove from our bundle. So they're like, this isn't in the spirit of Kickstarter, so we want you to edit the campaign in this way. And, you know, it's their site, so of course we're going to follow their rules. But there was nothing like that on the Indiegogo site. You know, everything just, whatever you want to do, you can do it. So that's the main difference that we're seeing behind there. There's also a lot of jumping through hoops to get the payment process set up. Uh, you know, I, that was one thing I didn't really understand going into this. With Indiegogo, you just attach your PayPal account to it and you're done. Uh, you know, it's a five second process. With uh, Kickstarter, it took us uh, the better part of a week to get the payment system set up because we had to hook it in through Amazon and Amazon required a bunch of filings. They needed you know, copies of documents that we got from the government or from our bank. So we actually had to fax these things in. And I haven't used a fax machine in <laughs> you know, years, but we had to fax these documents in. And not only that, but we had to find them because some of these documents were issued to us when we created the Game Crafter in 2001. So I haven't seen them. They were in the back of a filing cabinet for the last 10 years. <laughs> you know, so, so anyway, digging through all that kind of stuff was kind of a, a weird thing that I, I wasn't really expecting. Yeah, and I'll just chime in here because I don't know how much we've actually talked about the payment process side of things for people that aren't ready for that on some of the interviews. I don't know how many people have actually brought that up, but a week is actually really good. Is it? Is <laughs> yeah, it? I, I, I know people that have gone a month or more trying to get all of that squared away, and, and there's been verification and re-verification. And, uh, it, it's one of those things that's, that if approached, the advice is usually, I'm going to launch this in the summer, Jeff. What, what should I do right now? Is your payment stuff in order right now? Well, no, right. I was going to wait till no, do that now just in case <laughs> that, you <laughs> yeah. know, th those kind of things. So yeah, a, a week is actually uh, not a bad turnaround for that. Okay. Well, that that's good to know. I, I was <laughs> expecting, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like it was on Indiegogo, but, but no, there was, there was definitely more hoops there. And actually I, I talked to a guy in our chat room on the game crafter a couple nights ago. I felt really bad for him because he had already announced that he was going to, uh, launch his Kickstarter campaign on a specific day, mm -hmm. but didn't realize that there was all this approval stuff that had to had to happen, and yes. it still isn't done. And his launch day was yesterday, <laughs> so he's he's had to move his launch day because he just didn't understand how much approval there was in the whole process. So yeah, and like I said, it's, I, I, see now this is another reason why I'm glad we had you on because <laughs> I don't think anybody else, you know, a lot of people that I've talked to, this is like you know old hat to them kind of potentially. Sure. This might be their you know third, fourth, whatever Kickstarter. So they they probably forgot the pain <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. uh, or or but, maybe the rules weren't as stringent when they signed up the first time. I don't I don't know. No no, no no they always have been. Oh have it's, they? Oh. Yeah it's always been. Like I said, it's it's usually when I get hit to consult on a couple of things behind the scenes. It's one of the first things I usually kind of start asking about. Right. If I don't know, like if it's not a relaunch or something, because mm -hmm. you know, obviously then you've already done that. Right. But yeah, it's not a good thing to there. There's still a lot of people that kind of think it 
kind of like what you said, like it happens with Indiegogo that it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I put my thing up there. They've approved it. And, and that's the other thing too. Some people don't realize that there's, there's two steps to the approval process. There's the Kickstarter says you can launch your project, but then there's the Amazon payment side of things. I mean, it's a two step right. approval process. It's yeah. It's two whole companies that are getting involved right. and yeah, it's um, and they both have their mechanisms for doing it. And I got to say, Usually Amazon is one of those companies. I, I do a lot of business with them. We host with them. You know, they have their cloud hosting service and all that. And I do a lot of business with Amazon. And usually they are one of the most forward thinking and forward acting modern technologically advanced groups to deal with. But with this payment process, the fact that they, you know, you had to actually fax things in and, and that sort of thing. And they would, you couldn't, you couldn't uh, ask questions through their website. You'd have to email them. Uh, stuff. Uh, it, it was, it felt backwards to me. Um, and I don't know if it's because of maybe they have to have some government or banking regulations or something, which requires them to use fax machines and, you know, that sort of thing. I don't know, but it was definitely not very Amazon like. So do you got anything else first leading up to your launch here that you've kind of learned about the Kickstarter process? I don't think so. The, like I said, the big things were just, you know, learning, how their interfaces worked and how their approval process worked. You know, it, it was the process is pretty straightforward. Oh, that was something I learned too. I had no idea. They, so they have a preview, a preview process ah, that you go. Hand, yeah. hand out a URL to people, right? <laughs> and I handed it out to a few people, uh, you know, the, all the designers that are in this particular Kickstarter, I handed it out to them so that they could, you know, approve the information that I put in about their games and that sort of thing. And I handed it out to a few close friends and, and employees at the Game Crafter, you know, to look over everything. Does it all look good and that sort of thing? What I didn't realize was that it's actually fairly common uh, and almost, you know, I was almost shamed into oblivion. That, <laughs> by that, by who? Supposed, by you. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, No, that really that I was supposed to be handing out that URL to everybody. I didn't realize because when I'm looking at that screen, I don't see anything on there except a preview page. But apparently, when you're looking at that screen, you see a way to subscribe to yes. it. They have a notify me on launch, which has actually been, I'll say, six months within six months to a year. It's it's a new addition. Okay, but yeah, I had no idea because I don't see that when I'm looking at it. That there's a subscribe button or whatever, notify me on launch. And also, apparently, now I learned this from somebody else that. The URL, you can actually start pasting that URL out, you know, in a Twitter feed or, or wherever, because once you launch the project, it will redirect you to the actual project URL once it's launched. Yeah, that's, so, that's been within the last few months or so as well. Yeah, that's another great addition there. Right. So you can feel comfortable giving out that URL, knowing that you're not going to screw over people that find it later, uh, you know, that they're they're going to go to a dead page or whatever, because that was. That was my concern, you know, like if I give somebody a uh, one of the preview URLs for Tumblr, you know, a Tumblr post, if I was to link that somewhere, that that link is useless once the post is actually, you know, published. So it was it was interesting that these features existed, they were they were non-obvious, but they existed and you know, that it makes a lot of sense. But, you know, going into the process having not known those things, uh, those are some pretty huge tips that people should have. <laughs> so. Hey, do hey, you know what? You know, one of the reasons why you didn't know that JT? Um, because I haven't done this before. <laughs> well, that, and because, uh, like we were talking earlier, you didn't know about the game of crowdfunding, uh, RSS feed where you could be listening to everybody. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Give That's you those true. tips ahead of time. Exactly. I, you know, I listen to your regular podcast, but this one I have not, uh, I have not listened to your game of crowdfunding podcast. And clearly 
that was a huge mistake. I kept wanting to pull you aside. and like, you know how you always tell me you want to use some of my services? I need to update you on what some of my services are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yes, uh, lesson learned, Jeff, that I should be listening as a regular uh, listener to uh, Game, of Crowd- uh, Game of Crowdfunding. So, <laughs> so I've kind of been asking this one off and on and I think it's it's a good question for this particular project as well since it is kind of an experimental project for not only you but a little bit of Kickstarter. Let's say somebody finds this, you launch January 15th, somebody comes along and is going, "Yeah, I I might be kind of interested in this. I just don't know." What's one or two things that you want to stress to say that that would make somebody go, "Okay, I have to back this." Wow. That's a deep question. <laughs> Well, okay. First of all, I've played every single one of the games in here and, and I like every single one of them. So this isn't just, you know, I picked some random games off the site and said, here, you know, here's some games for Kickstarter. Second thing is most of these games, like you said before, have also gone through the, uh, father geek slash all us geeks vetting process too, because they were part of the uh, contest that you guys just finished up. Mm-hmm. So there's some additional vetting from outside. Some from outside folks there as well. So every one of these games is is a good, high quality game that you will enjoy. Now, on the other side of things, from a backers perk kind of thing, one of the things that's going to make this more interesting than a lot of the board game projects that you might back is that because it's made by the game crafter, you will get these games in the mail in about a month from the time that you back it maybe even less. We're not outsourcing this to China or wherever. We're actually making it in-house, and as soon as it's manufactured, it will be directly shipped to you. So you get more of that instant gratification kind of thing than than you would off of a normal Kickstarter process, which is, you know, huge. I still have, I have things that I've backed on Kickstarter a year ago that I still haven't received. And, you know, it's frustrating because, you know, I've- Only a year? (laughs) Well, I know some people have (laughs) even longer than that, but- I just, uh, you know, I, I, like most people, I want that instant gratification or if not instant, at least, you know, relatively soon. I've forgotten about things that I've backed already at this point. <laughs> and it's just, I got to, you know, you kind of hit on something for me. My, one of my biggest pet peeves right now, I think about some of the Kickstarter stuff is when I understand why people wait to do their surveys because of address changes and all that good stuff. Yeah. But when you get a hold of me a year later, <laughs> Do you know how much research I have to do before I can answer any question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I've had I don't know, I had a string of them and I was like, what did I even do for this? <laughs> right. <laughs> Go research it. And 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 heaven forbid my backer history shows I paid more than the pledge is like, oh crap, now I got to go research what add-ons were there and Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 it can get crazy and confusing, and like I said, you could get bored and even fed up and forget about what you what you backed, and it's just it's sad. And I I think it's important that people get the things that they that they're pledging for relatively quickly. I know in all cases it's not you know it's not possible in some cases, but but you know with this ple- or with this particular Kickstarter, you're going to get your stuff. And you're going to get it very, very quickly. And I'll also just kind of chime in a little bit since I have some experience with a lot of these games. If you're looking for stuff 
in a two to four player and quick play time kind of avenue, this is the Kickstarter for you. You can get a bundle of all of these play within 20, 30 minutes. All of them usually play two to four players and you know, they're solid games. Like I said, I, most of them I have played, I haven't played all of them, but most of them I have played. Most of them uh, have, have gone through the contest and they are solid games. I, uh, there's not a bad game in the bunch that I've looked at. So definitely something to at least check out. Right. And the other thing is that this is an experiment for us. So we're actually doing this practically pro bono. We're, we're trying to cover our costs, but we're paying the back or we're paying the designers for whatever games that we sell, but we're doing this really, really inexpensively. So you can actually get all eight games. We have something called the big bundle, which is all eight games shipped to your door for $89. So that includes the shipping price. So you're getting eight games for $89. That is a steal. While we're talking about that, so your base pledge, you're going to have some early birds. Yep. Our early bird for Village in a Box just by itself is $13. Again, that includes the shipping. And then regular after the early birds sell out, Village in a Box by itself is uh, is 15 and then you can get uh, two games, depending on the game. Some games have more components, so they're a little more expensive uh, than Village in a Box. And they go from anywhere from $27 for two games up to $30 for two games, uh, again, including shipping. And then, like you said, the $89 bundle for all of them. Right. And then we also have a $99 bundle for nine copies of Village in a Box. We primarily did this for customers that are in Europe or, or other locations where they can, where you can do a group buy, have, you know, get nine copies of the game shipped to you and be able to distribute the shipping cost out across multiple backers. So. Nice. All right, JT, before we wrap up here, is there anything else you want to make sure we let our listeners know about uh, the project coming up here? Yeah, I, I will let one secret slip. People keep wanting us to do these uh, crowdfunding campaigns for the purpose of improving the various things that we offer at the Game Crafter. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that at least one of the stretch goals that we will reveal will have one of those kind of components in it. Nice. So something people have been asking for for a long time. And uh, anything strictly Game Crafter related that you want to uh, talk about before we take off or promote? You know. <laughs> the the mystery contest is going on right now. Yeah, the mystery contest is going on right now. Still have uh, still have about a month and a half to get your uh, to get your stuff in for that. We actually our next two contests are are very exciting. Both of them are backed by publishers that have a bunch of games under their belts, and I can't tell you what the prizes are yet, but I can tell you that they are amazing. So uh, definitely stay tuned to our contests. The next couple are going to be absolutely amazing. And then, uh, you know, beyond that, just subscribe to news.thegamecrafter.com, either through that website. You can subscribe via email or RSS there or Tumblr. And then um, you can also subscribe through Twitter and uh, Facebook. So I will, as usual, throw some links into our show notes, including the preview page for the Kickstarter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and it will be launching January 15th under the title Village in a Box. Uh, it is the Game Crafters running it. And again, there's uh, eight games there you can take a look at with Village in the Box leading it off. JT and crew are looking for $1,500. And of course, you'll have, uh, I'm assuming it's a 30-day run. 
yep, this is a 30 day run. I right. hope we can uh, pull that off in the first day or so. I hope so as well. Like I said, uh, like we were talking about earlier, uh, hopefully I won't have to, ha- I won't make it a pick. I'll make it a shout out when it comes to the draft picks. Indeed. <laughs> All right. So January 15th village in a box on Kickstarter. JT, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me. I know we scrambled this one, but I wanted to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's always nice talking to you too, Jeff. All right, everybody, go check it out, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 